بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So continuing with this explanation of لا إله إلا الله and some of the conditions that go with that La ilaha illallah for a person to be practicing that properly and understanding it properly. We mentioned that the first condition was knowledge. Having knowledge of this La ilaha illallah, having knowledge of its meaning, understanding the affirmation and the negation that goes with it, that you affirm all of the oneness, the tawheed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you negate it from all other deities besides Allah. That's why the meaning of it is La ma'abuda bihaqqin illallah That there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah That all other deities their worship is falsehood And the only true worship deserving of that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then after that also we spoke about the condition of certainty That a person must be upon certainty in belief regarding this not that you have doubts in your mind, are we right? Is Islam right? Maybe the other religions are right. You can't have these types of doubts in your mind. A person has iman and he is certain that he is upon the truth. He is certain that he is upon the tawheed and that is the correct way. Not to have doubts in your mind. And that's why Allah said in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا That the believers are those who have iman in Allah and His Messenger, and then after that they don't have any doubts. There are no doubts after that. And if the shaitan ever came to a person, and he began to say to him, who created this, and who created that, and who created that, and who created this, eventually takes you all the way back and says, and who created Allah? Maybe these types of doubts the shaitan comes and whispers to the person. And that's mentioned in a hadith. So if that occurs, then the person, he seeks refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, asks Allah to protect him from the whisperings of the shaitan. Last week we left off, we concluded the final section of that, which was the hadith of Abu Huraira, where he mentioned this point about having the certainty in iman. And that was the narration which was in Sahih Muslim, uh, where he said we were sitting around the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and Umar radiallahu anhu were with us. Then the Messenger of Allah وسلم, got up and departed. He left. And he took a long time in coming back and we became worried that he may be attacked on the way back because he took a long time. So we arose, we got up, and I was the first to rise and go out seeking or looking for the Messenger of Allah wasallam. Eventually, I came to a wall belonging to the Ansar of Bani al-Najjar. And then he says, I went all around it to find a door, but I didn't find anything. To find some type of entrance, but I couldn't find anything. Then I saw a small river going through an opening in the wall from a wall outside it. I drew myself together, as it mentions, like a fox and entered on the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Through that then, he found him. Abu Huraira, this is, radiallahu anhu. That he went through and he found the Prophet Sallallahu Then he exclaimed, the Prophet Sallallahu exclaimed, he was surprised, Abu Huraira. 
And he said, Yes, O Messenger of Allah. Then the Prophet said, What is the matter with you? So Abu Huraira said, That you were with us, and then you got up and went, and you took a long time coming back, you were late. So we were worried that you may be attacked, and we became alarmed. And I was the first to come looking and to follow after you. And I came across this wall. And so I drew myself together, made myself small, and got into this, uh, uh, to this area, to this uh, opening, got myself together like a fox, and these people are behind me. He said, Oh Abu Huraira, then gave him his sandals and said, Take my sandals, whomever you meet behind this wall, who witnesses that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and his heart is certain in its belief, then give him the glad tidings of paradise. Whoever has witness or uh, testifies and bears witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and his heart is certain in that belief, his heart is certain in its belief, then give him the glad tidings of paradise. So there were some of the evidences that prove it's upon a person to have that certainty, to have that yaqeen in his heart upon this tawheed and upon the correctness of this religion. After that, the third condition, and so obviously what that means is that a person has certainty which overcomes and which rejects the opposite, which is doubts. So you get rid of doubts and you have certainty. Just like the first condition, you have knowledge and you get rid of ignorance. Remove the ignorance and have knowledge upon this affair. The second condition, have certainty and remove the doubts. And now the third affair we're going to mention is the issue of al-ikhlas, sincerity. That a person needs to be sincere in this statement of la ilaha illallah. He needs to be upon sincerity in understanding and practicing and implementing this la ilaha illallah. And when a person is upon sincerity, then that negates and gets rid of the opposite which is shirk. Because when a person falls into shirk, then he doesn't have that sincerity to Allah alone. He doesn't have that singling out all of the worship to Allah alone. That sincerity isn't there then. That's why Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ That there are some people who take partners with Allah, and they love these other partners just like they love Allah. But the believers, they love Allah more than them. Why? Because the believers, their love is sincere to Allah, single to Allah. Whereas those other mushrikeen, they used to love Allah. But at the same time, they used to love these other gods and deities and statues and other things and graves that they used to go to. So their love was split. Some for Allah, some for these other things. But the believers, they were pure and sincere and single and unique to Allah alone. So this is one of the conditions of La ilaha illallah. That a person is upon sincerity. Sincerity of worship to Allah alone. That's why you see that there are people who say, we say la ilaha illallah. We say la ilaha illallah. We believe in that. But at the same time, they go to the graves and they do tawaf around graves. Or they go to other graves of messengers, they make dua, they ask them to answer their duas. They do all of these types of things and they say, we say la ilaha illallah. But this is one of the conditions that we are reading now. 
that for you to say La ilaha illallah, one of those conditions that goes with it is sincerity then, al-ikhlas upon that. And that is just like the statement of Allah in the Quran in Surah Al-Zumar, Ala lillahi dinul khalis. Indeed, to Allah is this pure religion, sincere religion, split away from any type of shirk or split away from any type of partners or participation, but purely and single and unique and pure to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, the statement of Allah in Surah Al-Bayyina, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ And they were not commanded except to worship Allah مُخْلِسِينَ Sincerely and purely for Him, حُنَفَاءَ Upon Tawheed. حُنَفَاءَ meaning upon Tawheed. That they make all of their worship to Allah. They have all of their trust in Allah. They have all of their dependence in Allah. They don't rely on other people or trust in other people or have dependence in other people. They depend on Allah. And they have their trust in Allah. They have their tawakkul in Allah. Everything is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not in others, uh, not in any association. So that's why Allah said, they were not commanded except to worship Him upon sincerity. Not to go to graves and to go to other places and to this fear and these types of things that they say. But you make your worship and your trust in Allah, your dua to Allah. All of it sincerely for him and not for anyone else. After that then, there is also from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam the hadith which is in Sahih al-Bukhari, the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu, that the Prophet wasallam said, أَسْعَدُ النَّاسِ بِشَفَاعَةِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ خَالِصًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ أَوْ نَفْسِهِ That the... The, the ones who will be the most fortunate with my intercession. How do they phrase it there? The happiest person. The happiest people of my intercession. Those who will be the happiest with my intercession. Those who will gain this intercession. Who are those people who will get that from the Prophet ﷺ? Then they are those who say, La ilaha illallah. That there is no deity worthy of worship or deserving of worship in truth except Allah, خَالِصًا min qalbihi, Sincerely from their hearts. They mean it and they understand it and they say it sincerely from their hearts. Not that they say, La ilaha illallah, there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. But then they go to the pier and make dua, or they go to the grave and make dua. That's not the meaning of this. Sincerity means purely for the sake of Allah. That's why the hadith that we mentioned, الدِّينُ النَّصِيحَةِ When they say, قَالُوا لِمَنْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ The first one, لِلَّهِ To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does that mean? I.e. sincerity and tawheed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your worship. Then also you have this narration in Al-Bukhari and in Muslim, uh, which is narrated from uh, Mahmud ibn Rabi' from Utban ibn Malik, رضي الله عنه, عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال, إِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَ عَلَى النَّارِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَبْتَغِي بِذَلِكَ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden, has prohibited the fire from who? Which people will not be touched by the fire. The fire will not be able to touch those people, to get those people. Which ones? مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ The one who says لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ 
There is no deity worthy or deserving of worship except Allah in truth. And he says it, desiring the face of Allah, desiring the reward of Allah, desiring the pleasure of Allah, i.e. sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then for that individual, the hellfire has been prohibited from him. Similarly, وَلِلنَّسَاءِ فِي الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَيْلَةِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ رَجُلَيْنِ مِنَ الصَّحَابَةِ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالَ Also you have this narration now, uh, which is in Sunan Al-Nasai, في Sunan Al-Kubra, and also in his book, عَمَلِ الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَيْلَةِ In the hadith which is narrated from two of the companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ مُخْلِصًا بِهَا قَلْبُهُ يَصْدُقُ بِهَا لِسَانُهُ إِلَّا فَتَكَ اللَّهُ لَهَا السَّمَاءَ فَتْقًا حَتَّى يَنْظُرُ إِلَى قَائِلِهَا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ وَحَقَّ لِعَبْدٍ وَحُقَّ لِعَبْدٍ نَظْرُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْهِ أَنْ يُعْطِيَهُ سُؤْلَهُ in this hadith then it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever says, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth. He alone, Allah alone, without any partners, any other uh, participants, not the people in their graves, not these awliya as they claim. Nobody else participates with Allah in that. No one is deserving of worship in truth except Allah. Whoever says that, and affirms and acknowledges All of the dominion, all of the kingdom is to Allah And all of the praise is to Allah, belongs to Allah And Allah is the all capable, all controlling of all of the affairs And he says that sincerely from his heart He believes in that sincerely in his heart يَسْنُقُ بِهَا لِسَانُهُ and his tongue, it affirms that. It affirms the truthfulness of what is in his heart. Then it mentions that Allah will split. Is that what it mentions? Split. Allah will split the heavens, split the skies until he looks at the one who says that upon this earth, from the people of this earth, who makes that statement. The skies are split until Allah looks upon this person and And then it is the deserving, it is deserving for that slave that Allah looks upon him and that this slave is then given that which he asks for. The slave is then given that which he asks for in the dua that he makes, in the supplication that he makes. So this is another narration which proves this sincerity that is needed. This sincerity that is required in the statement of La ilaha illallah. It's not just something you say without understanding the meaning of it, without understanding what it requires. But it is something that has meaning to it and it requires sincerity behind it for it to be implemented and applied properly. So the statement here, Al-Ikhlas. What does it actually mean, sincerity? What does Al-Ikhlas mean? Linguistically, it means to purify something. Al-ikhlas fil lugha at-tasfiyah. To purify something and to make something clean and to take out all of those affairs that are mixed in with it, 
to make it clean legislatively in the sharia then ikhlas means takhlis al-ibadah wa tasfiyatuha min sha'ibati shirk wa riya to purify to purify worship from that which comes upon it in terms of shirk and showing off purify your worship so that there is no showing off purify your worship so that there is no shirk you make your worship purely for the sake of allah not for the sake of showing other people not for the sake of uh, or not with other deities that you are worshiping in amongst that but you are doing it purely for the sake of allah not to show other people and there are many narrations in the sunnah which show the ill effects of showing off there is the hadith where the prophet said to those people allah will say to them the ones who used to show off on the day of judgment ifhabu ila man kuntum turauna fi dunya hal tajiduna indahum min jaza go to the people who you used to show off in front of see if they will give you any reward now and surely they will not be able to give them any reward and there is the famous narration concerning how the man used to fight until he was killed in the path of Allah and another one used to teach the Quran and knowledge and another one used to give in charity but all of them used to do it to show off not for the sake of Allah not with ikhlas not with sincerity so all of those will be thrown into the hellfire and that's why the prophet sallallahu said innamal a'malu binniyat indeed all of the actions are but by your intention if you intend to do it for the sake of the people you're showing off there's no reward for you and that action isn't proper but if you're doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah that's where the reward is so ibn kathir rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned regarding the first ayah ala lillahi ad-din al-khalis that indeed to Allah is all of this religion sincerely and purely ay fa'budillaha wahdahu la sharika lah wad'u al-khalqa ila dhalika wa a'limhum annahu la tasluh al-ibadatu illa lahu wahdahu وَأَنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ شَرِيكٌ وَلَا عَدِيلٌ وَلَا نَدِيدٌ وَلِهَذَا قَالَ تَعَالَى أَلَا لِلَّهِ الدِّينُ الْخَالِسِ أَيْ لَا يُقْبَلُ مِنَ الْعَمَلِ إِلَّا مَا أُخْلِصَ فِيهِ إِلَّا مَا أَخْلَصَ فِيهِ الْعَامِلُ لِلَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ The meaning of this is as Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned i.e. worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without any partners and give da'wah to the people to that Give da'wah to the people to worship Allah alone. Tell them, warn them not to go to these other these people they say are awliya. These people they say they spear. And they go, they make dua to them. Or they go to the graveyards. Told them this is incorrect and this is haram. Call them to the worship of Allah. And to make that dua to Allah alone. As Allah said, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ Allah said, I answer the dua of the person who calls upon me. I answer the dua of the one who calls upon me. Similarly, in another narration, it says, "لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أو قاموا على سعيد واحد." If all of the people, everyone from the beginning to the end, and all of the jinn and all of the humans, everyone was stood in one place, and everyone made dua to Allah, every single one, every human, every jinn. All of them made dua to Allah. Then the hadith mentions Allah can answer or will answer all of those duas. He has all of those duas, and that will not decrease or take anything away from the kingdom of Allah. Just like when you dip in a needle into the ocean, 
How much drops come off the needle compared to what's in the ocean? Nothing. So it doesn't take away anything from Allah to answer the dua of everyone. And He hears the dua of everyone. وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ Allah is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. He hears the dua of every single individual, any language. All of that is known to Allah. So the person must make his worship sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ibn Kathir says, teach the people that worship is not acceptable and not correct to be done to anyone else. And that Allah does not have any partners or any equals or any participants. None of that and actions will not be accepted unless you do them sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Al-Allama ibn Sa'di rahimahullah ta'ala also mentioned, هَذَا تَقْرِيرٌ لِلْأَمَرْ بِالْإِخْلَاصِ وَبِيَانِ أَنَّهُ تَعَالَى كَمَا أَنَّهُ لَهُ الْكَمَالِ كُلَّهُ وَلَهُ التَّفَضُّ عَلَى عِبَادِهِ مِنْ جَمِعِ الْوُجُوهِ فَكَذَلِكَ لَهُ الدِّينُ الْخَالِصُ الصَّافِ مِنْ جَمِعِ الشَّوَائِبِ فَهُوَ الدِّينُ الَّذِي ارْتَضَاهُ لِنَفْسِهِ وَارْتَضَاهُ لِصَفْوَاتِ خَلْقِهِ وَأَمَرَهُمْ بِهِ لِأَنَّهُ مُتَضَمِّلٌ لِلتَّأَلُّهُ لِلَّهِ فِي حُبِّهِ وَخَوْفِهِ وَرَجَائِهِ وَالْإِنَابَةِ إِلَيْهِ فِي عُبُودِيَّتِهِ he says that this is an acknowledgement and affirmation that the command has come to be upon sincerity to Allah. Just like Allah, He has perfection in all of the affairs. And He has this perfection in his, upon His slaves. Allah has given blessings and different types of uh, bestowments upon the slaves. Then similarly, all of this religion is purely for the sake of Allah without any other factors mixed in with that. And that pure religion of Tawheed is what Allah is pleased with for Himself and that which He is pleased with for the slaves to be upon and for the best of His creation. The Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, that this is what they were given. That we worship Allah and we make all of our ibadah, our dua, everything directed to Allah alone. Uh, after that, there is also a narration which is mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim which explains this further. The hadith of Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu qal, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, qala Allah ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, ana aghna shurakai ani shirki man amila amalan ashraka fihi ma'i ghayri taraktuhu wa shirka. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I, ana aghna shurakai ani shirk. That I am not in need of these other participants and the shirk they make. How is it there? I am above the shirk association. I am above the shirk and this association. Allah says, I am above the shirk and this association. Allah is not in need of any of that. Allah is above all of this association and all of this shirk that the people they do and calling upon others, going to the graves, all of these types of things. Whoever does an action, Allah says, Whoever does a worship, an action, and he makes shirk in that action with me, with other people, then that action, or Allah says, I will leave him, and I will leave his shirk. Allah will abandon that and abandon his shirk. So that is something which is not accepted whatsoever. Then the other ayah, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبَدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءً And they were not commanded except to worship Allah purely, sincerely, upon tawheed. Meaning, in all of the commandments, in all of the sharia, in all of the halal and the haram, all of the Qur'an and the sunnah, the commandments which have come, then we have been commanded to worship Allah, sincerely directing everything to Allah, making it all for the sake of Allah, seeking His reward, 
seeking his pleasure, seeking his paradise. Whether those actions are something hidden or concealed, your private worship, or whether it is something open and apparent, whatever you do, then all of those are done for the sake of Allah. Upon Tawheed, that is Hunafa, a Mu'ridina ma'ilina an sa'ar al adyan al Mukhalifa, a Mukhalifa ledin Tawheed. That a person he stays away from all of these other religions. All of these other religions, these other ways that the people have, a person abandons that. That's why we've been told in the Sunnah, the Prophet said, you know there's a hadith, the Prophet said that my Ummah, they are going to end up imitating and copying the Jews and the Christians and those people. There's a hadith which says that. You're going to end up copying them and imitating them. Some of the people from the Muslims, not everyone, but some. And look at now, people they do that. They imitate and they copy the other religions. You go to some of these mosques, celebrating the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ, and they have Christmas lights on the mosque. And they even have tinsel. You know the kuffar, they have tinsel in their homes for Christmas. They have them in the mosques. I've seen it with my own eyes. Tinsel opened up and hanging everywhere. And Christmas lights everywhere. Maybe if a kafir walked in, they would be pleased with it. This is how they decorate their masajid. Imitation of the kuffar. And they think this is blessing or this is good and this is worship to Allah. How can that be worship when the Prophet ﷺ said, مَن تَشَبَّهَ بِقَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ Whoever copies other people, he's like them then. If you're going to copy the Christians and the Jews and the other religions, then you are like them. But instead, you should have honor for your religion. Practice the Tawheed properly. Practice this religion properly and uphold its laws. And that doesn't mean that you can't live in harmony in the society. You can live in peace in the society. And the other people and their other religions, they are upon what they are upon. And this country, it is a Christian country as they say. So you can live in amongst that still, but you still uphold your religion. And if you're not able to do that, you're not able to uphold your religion, then leave and go to a place where the Muslims live. That is better for a person than to lose all of his religion and lose all of his uh, principles and to become like the other religions. So here it says, worship Allah purely and sincerely upon that tawheed, and refrain from all of these other ways. وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ And that is the, the straight religion, that is the straight path, the one that will bring you to the blessings and the paradise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that, there's the hadith that we mentioned that the happiest of the people with my intercession will be those who say La ilaha illallah sincerely from their hearts. This hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari and in other than that, when Abu Huraira said to the Prophet Sallallahu who will be the happiest of the people with your intercession on the Day of Judgment? So the Prophet ﷺ said, لَقَدْ ذَنَنْتُ يَا أَبَا هُرَيْرَ أَلَّا تَسْأَلُنِي عَنْ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَوَّلَ مِنْكَ He says, I had thought, the Prophet ﷺ says to Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه, I had thought that nobody else would ask me about this hadith before you. لِمَا رَأَيْتُ مِنْ حِرْسِكَ عَلَى الْحَدِيثِ Because of what I saw in your enthusiasm and zeal for this hadith. أَسْعَدُ النَّاسِ بِشَفَاعَةِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهِ لَلَّهِ خَالِصًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ أَوْ نَفْسِهِ The happiest of the people with my intercession are going to be those who say لا إله إلا الله sincerely from their hearts. 
Now you see the mistake of the people. They say, we're seeking intercession of the Prophet You have to go to his grave and make dua. You have to seek his intercession. But they don't understand. The intercession is not like that. The intercession will come on the Day of Judgment. And it will be for those people who have been practicing Tawheed properly. Not for people who have been making shirk and making dua to other people. The intercession will be for those who are upon Tawheed. That's why it says, the ones who say the La ilaha illallah, sincerely. And so this type of intercession, it will occur even for people, even for people who committed sins. People who committed major sins. Because a person who commits major sins, as long as it is not shirk, then that person will still eventually enter paradise. Unlike the Khawarij and those groups who rejected that. And they rejected that this intercession could occur for people who have committed major sins. Rather, it can. After that, we'll mention the final narration, which was the narration of Itban ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, anin nabi sallam. إن الله حرم على النار من قال لا إله إلا الله يبتغي بذلك وجه الله that Allah has made haram upon or the fire upon those who say لا إله إلا الله seeking by that the face of Allah i.e. sincerely so Itban ibn Malik and he is from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ he witnessed the battle of Badr he was in that battle of Badr from the Ansar and he came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said يا رسول الله قد أنكرت بصري وأنا أصلي لقومي فإذا كانت الأمطار سال الوادي الذي بيني وبينهم لم استطع أن آتي مسجدهم فأصلي بهم So he says يا رسول الله قد أنكرت بصري أنكرت بصري What's the beginning of it? What does it say at the beginning? That oh messenger of Allah But the beginning of the hadith, what does it say at the beginning? Before I pray with my people. He says, Oh Messenger of Allah. Straight to before I pray with my people. So Ya Rasulullah Qad Ankarat Basari wa ana usalli li qawmi. He says that I lead the people, lead my people in the prayer. But if the rain comes down and the valley becomes full, then between me and between them, I am not able to be able to cross over to go to the masjid and pray with them. لَوَدَدْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَنَّكَ تَأْتِينِ فَتُصَلِّي فِي بَيْتِي فَأَتَّخِذُهُ مُصَلَّى So he says that I desired and I would love that if you came uh, to me, to my house, and you pray there, and I take that as a place of prayer. So he said that the Prophet ﷺ then said to him, سَأَفْعَلُ إِنْشَاءَ اللَّهِ That I will do that إِنْشَاءَ اللَّهِ قَالَ عِتْبَانِ Then عِتْبَانِ said, فَغَدَى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ سَلَّمْ وَأَبُو بَكَرْ حِينَ ارْتِفَاعُ النَّهَارِ فَاسْتَأْذَنَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ سَلَّمْ فَأَذِنْتُ لَهِ Then he says that the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr, they, uh, they, they went when it was the middle of the day, and so they sought permission, and then I gave them permission. فَلَمْ يَجْلِسْ حَتَّى دَخَلَ الْبَيْتِ ثُمَّ قَالَ So he didn't sit down until they entered the house, and then he said, 
Aina tuhibbu an usalliya min baytika. So then the Prophet said, Where do you desire that I should pray in your home? Qal fa'ashartu ala nahiyatin min al-bayt. He says, I pointed to a, a, a corner of the house, a part of the house. فَقَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَكَبَّرَ فَقُمْنَا فَصَفَفْنَا فَصَلَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِ So the Prophet ﷺ, he got up and he gave the takbir, Allahu Akbar, and he began and we made the rows and we prayed, two raka'at. ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ Then he gave the salam and finished that. قَالْ وَحَبَسْنَاهُ عَلَى خَزِيرَةٍ صَنَعْنَاهَا لَهُ He says that we حَبَسْنَاهُ عَلَى we detain him upon what? عَلَىٰ خَزِيرَةٍ صَنَعْنَاهَا لَهُ So we, we kept him behind, we kept him there for some food that we had prepared. قَالْ فَثَابَ فِي الْبَيْتِ رِجَالٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الدَّارِ ذُو عَدَدٍ So many of the people, the, these other people, men, they came to the house, a number of them. فَاجْتَمَعُوا And they came together. فَقَالَ قَائِلٌ مِنْهُمْ So one of them said, أَيْنَ مَالِكِ بْنُ دَخِيشًا where is Malik ibn Dakhishan or ibn Dakhshan? Uh, the name of this individual. فَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ So some of them said, ذَلِكَ مُنَافِقِ لَا يُحِبُّ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهِ They said that person, this one you're looking for, is a munafiq. He doesn't love Allah and his messenger. He's a hypocrite. So the Prophet said, لَا تَقُلْ ذَلِكَ Don't say that. أَلَا تَرَاهُ قَدْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ This is the point of all of this narration. Now at the end of it, they were asking about this person. So some of them said, that person is a munafiq. He's a hypocrite. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, don't say that. Do you not see, ala tarahu qad qala la ilaha illallah? Don't you see that he has said, la ilaha illallah, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Yuridu bithalika wajhallah. And he has said it sincerely for the sake of Allah. Qala Allahu wa rasooluhu a'lam. Qala fa'ana fa'inna nara wajhahu wa nasihatahu ila al-munafiqeen. And so they said, Allah and His Messenger know best because we have seen uh, his, his face and His advice, i.e. that He is towards the munafiqeen, that He leans towards the munafiqeen. And then the hadith it continues and He mentions that. But the point of it being that when they mention that, the Prophet said to them, don't say that. He says, La ilaha illallah sincerely. He says it sincerely desiring the face of Allah, desiring the reward of Allah, so that individual, the fire is prevented from him. And fire being prevented from a person who says La ilaha illallah with sincerity means two things. Either it is prevented from him absolutely. So the person will not even enter into paradise. And that is for the one who dies upon tawheed, not having committed any major sins or having sought forgiveness from them and not being persistent upon minor sins. A person who is upon tawheed and also seeks forgiveness and repentance from any sins he makes and he doesn't fall into those major sins or minor sins and he doesn't persist upon them. He makes his tawbah from all of those and he's upon tawheed. So that person will enter paradise directly and he'll be prevented from the fire. But there are some people who are upon tawheed and they say, La ilaha illallah, but they make some mistakes and they make some sins. So for those people, they will enter the, they may enter the paradise first, uh, the hellfire first, they may enter the hellfire first to be purified, and then after that they enter into the paradise. So that means they will not remain in the hellfire forever. So then the next narration says, Man qala la ilaha illallah, or rather this one says that whoever says the la ilaha illallah, he says it with his tongue. 
and knows its meaning in his heart. Subhanallah. Knows his meaning in the heart and has certainty in his heart. All of those things that we've mentioned. Has knowledge, has certainty and says it. He does all of those things and he does it seeking the reward of Allah and uh, seeking the face of Allah sincerely for the sake of Allah. Then that is the person who is in line for this reward mentioned in this hadith. Shaykh uh, al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned وَحَاصِلُهُ And the summary of that is أَنَّ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ سَبَبٌ لِدْخُولِ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّجَامِ مِنَ النَّارِ The summary of all of that is that لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ is a reason or is a cause that prevents you from the fire or it saves you from the fire and it is a reason and a cause to enter into paradise. That is what causes your entrance into paradise and your savior from the fire. وَمُقْتَضٍ لِذَلِكَ وَلَكِنَّ الْمُقْتَضَى لَا يَعْمَلُ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا بِاسْتِجْمَاعِ شُرُوطِهِ وَانْتِفَاءِ مَوَانِعِهِ فَقَدْ يَتَخَلَّفُ عَنْهُ مُقْتَضَاهُ لِفَوَاتِ شَرْطٍ مِنْ شُرُوطِهِ أَوْ لِوُجُودِ مَانِعٍ However, then that will depend upon certain conditions and certain things being prevented or uh, being present or not being present. Meaning, just because somebody says La ilaha illallah, that doesn't instantly mean he will be saved and in paradise. It depends on the other factors. Has he got knowledge of that affair? Does he believe in it in his heart with certainty? Has he got the sincerity to Allah? Has he got the actions that go with it? All of these other affairs, they will be linked to that. So this is what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah is mentioning here. That the one who says La ilaha illallah with sincerity is in paradise. But that will depend on these other factors. His certainty and his sincerity and the actions that he does. So all of those will be linked to this and him entering into the paradise. Wahab ibn Munabbah, he was asked, Alaysa la ilaha illallah miftahul jannah? He was asked from the Salaf, Isn't la ilaha illallah the key to paradise? Isn't la ilaha illallah the key to paradise? Qal bala, walakin ma min miftahin illa walahu asnan. فَإِنْ جِئْتَ بِمِفْتَاحٍ لَهُ أَسْنَانٍ فَتَحَ فُتِحَ لَكَ وَإِلَّا لَمْ يُفْتَحَ أو فَتَحَ لَكَ وَإِلَّا لَمْ يُفْتَحَ That is La ilaha illallah not the key to paradise? He said yes. But every key has shapes on it. Every key has grooves on it. So if you have those right shapes and grooves, you can open the door. But if it's all wrong and it's broken, and it doesn't have those grooves and shapes at the end, it's blunt, then you will not be able to open the door. So what are the shapes and the grooves of La ilaha illallah? These things that we are talking about now. Knowledge and sincerity and certainty. You have all of these factors, then you have the grooves and you can open the door. But if you don't have any of this, you just say La ilaha illallah, it's like a key which is blunt and you can't open anything. So this is what's mentioned. So that means... That actions, your worship must be done as well. They are something that are linked to La ilaha illallah. That those actions must be done. That's why in Al-Bukhari and in Muslim, Abu Ayyub al-Ansari, that a person said, Ya Rasulullah, akhbirni bi'amalin yudkhiluni al-jannah. A man said to the Prophet ﷺ, Oh Rasulullah, Messenger of Allah, tell me about an action which will enter me into paradise. قَالْ تَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed 
and don't commit any shirk. وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ and establish the prayer. وَتُؤْتِيَ الزَّكَاءَ and give the zakah. وَتَصِلِ الرَّحِمِ and keep the ties of kinship. Do these affairs and they will be the entrance of paradise. So they are the actions that go with that. Similarly, it's mentioned in one narration, أَتَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لِأُبَايِعَهُ فَاشْتَرَطَ عَلَيَّ شَهَادَةُ أَلَّا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ He says, I came to the Prophet ﷺ to give the Pledge of Allegiance. And so he made it a condition upon me, the testification of لا إله إلا الله and محمد رسول الله. He made that a condition upon me. And Muhammad is the slave and messenger of Allah. And that I established the prayer. And I give the zakat. And I, give the, I make the hajj. And I do the fasting. And that I do jihad in the, in the path of Allah. فَقُلْتُ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أَمَّا اثْنَتَيْنِ فَوَاللَّهِ مَا أَعْطِيقُهُمَا الْجِهَادُ وَصَدَقَةِ The man said, but two of those I can't do them. Jihad and giving charity, I can't do them. فَقَبَضَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ يَدَهُ ثُمَّ حَرَّكَهَا So the Prophet took his hand and he shook it. And he said, فَلَا جِهَادَ وَلَا صَدَقَةِ فَبِمَا تَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ إِذًا He said, no jihad, no charity, then how will you enter paradise? قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أُبَايِعُكَ عَلَيْهِنَّ كُلَّهُنَّ He says, then I give you the pledge of allegiance upon all of them. So this indicates that these actions, then they are a part of your iman, the prayer, the zakat, the hajj, the fasting. They have to go with this testification of La ilaha illallah. You say that and you act upon these affairs. As for a person, وَفِيهِ تَحْرِيمُ النَّارِ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ التَّوْحِيدِ الْكَامِلِ وَفِيهِ أَنَّ الْعَمَلْ لَا يَنْفَعُ إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ خَالِصًا لِلَّهِ وَفِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا يَكْفِ فِي الْإِيمَانِ النُّطْءِ مِنْ غَيْرِ اعْتِقَادِ وَبِالْعَكْسِ The hadith therefore indicates that the fire is prohibited from those who have the complete tawheed and that actions can only be good and correct if they are upon tawheed and sincerity and that the saying of La ilaha illallah by itself isn't enough. You need to have the aqeedah in your hearts about that as well. قُلْتُ وَهَذَا الَّذِي ذَكَرَهُ الشَّيْخِ يَتَحَتَّمُ الْمَصِيرُ إِلَيْهِ جَمْعًا بَيْنَ النُّصُوصِ And this is the correct position that Shaykh al-Islam mentioned, that the texts, they all come together on. This is what the uh, mentioning is. To do the aqeedah, to have the aqeedah, and to have the sincerity, and to say the la ilaha illallah, and to practice that. Then there was the final narration in An-Nasai about the two men who uh, uh, asked the Prophet ﷺ about that, uh, where it was mentioned that they said, or that the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever says La ilaha illallah and that he is the, uh, the, the kingdom and the dominion and in control of all of the affairs sincerely with his heart and his tongue, it uh, 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 testifies to that truthfulness then Allah will open up the heavens and look towards that person and that person is deserving of that. This particular hadith that we mentioned, then bear in mind in its chain of narration are some individuals and some of the scholars have said that this individual may have some, or this hadith may have some issues in it. That it may not be uh, authentic due to that. Uh, Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar said both of them are maqbool. والمعروف من هذا حاله في اصطلاحي أنه لين الحديث إذا لم يتابع فالحديث على هذا ضعيف. so basically the hadith is weak. ولم أجد له من الشواهد والمتابعات ما يقويه أو يقويه والله أعلم. عن الشيخ الألباني رحمه الله تعالى mentioned that the hadith is actually منكر 
Ana Sheikh Ubaid actually mentions that I can't find anything else which would indicate that this hadith is authentic. So that hadith about Allah opening up the heavens and looking towards that person, that is weak. But the rest of the narrations, they all indicate the point anyway, that a person needs to be upon sincerity in this La ilaha illallah. It's not just about saying it and then going to the graves and going to the pier and going to this person and that person, making dua to other people, making slaughtering to other people, vowing for other people. But you say the La ilaha illallah and you are sincere upon that. And you make all of your worship, your dua, your, rel- your reliance, your tawakkul, your dependence, everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is one of the conditions of La ilaha illallah. So we'll conclude upon that point now. That is the third condition complete. And inshallah ta'ala from next week, uh, we'll begin with the fourth condition, which is as-sidq, truthfulness. Al-munafi lil-kathib which will reject then lying and falsehood. And that inshallah will begin with next week.